So if you want to be strategic, you've got to start with a very specific outcome. Yep. You've got to start by saying, I want to sell X copies, I want to sell X things. Then you work backwards. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Whoa, hey, uh, it's John McIntyre here. It's time for episode 59 of the McMethod Email Marketing Podcast, where you'll discover kick us at marketing, specifically email marketing, but really all things of uh, connecting your prospect with your product and making a ton of cash. Today, I'll be talking to Mr. Rob Hanley, who uh, some of you might have heard of, about the three reasons your marketing strategy will fail. Now, a long, 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 long time ago, which is really about I don't know, about 30 episodes ago, I did an interview with someone called The Reverend, okay? Now, Rob Hanley is The Reverend. He's come, this is his coming out podcast. He's uh, announcing himself to the world, getting his name out there. And uh, like I said, today we're going to talk about three reasons why uh, your marketing quite simply sucks or uh, mistakes that you're making that are uh, really going to make it fail. So some really interesting stuff. Now, Rob's a great guy. He's a marketing consultant. He's very successful. And uh, I, I think uh, where Rob really, really excels, what he's one, one of his unique gifts uh, for the world are, is uh, really breaking things down into actionable steps that you know anyone can do I've, I've had so many coffees with this guy he's here in Thailand with me right now and uh, we meet up for coffees and I'll you know he'll tell me about what he's up to I tell him what I'm up to and I'll be like I've applied so much of what he said into uh, the McIntyre method and the McMethod a lot of the emails that I've sent out if you're on my list uh, some of that's going to be influenced by Rob because I'll be like all right Rob I'm going to do this I'm going to I'm doing this product launch this weekend and here's my idea and he's like well John that sounds great but you should do x y and z and I'm like oh that's a great idea I go home and I do x y and z send it out and make more money than I would have made if I didn't do it so that's Rob Great guy. Now, to get the show notes for this episode of the Email Marketing Podcast, go to themcmethod.com slash 59. That's themcmethod.com slash 59. Now, I've got a couple things. The McMaster's Inside of the Week. McMaster's, if you don't know, is my paid membership community. Uh, when you sign up, you get access to the McIntyre Method, to stories that sell, to pages that convert. Basically, a whole bunch of courses that, that's really, to go back to this result, what, what is it going to give you? It's going to get you to develop a great email marketing strategy for your business. And you're really going to learn how to do the landing pages, how to get uh, stories down pat, really how to just build some great marketing into your business and make lots of money. That's at themcmethod.com slash McMaster's. Now, I've got, basically, there's a form inside there and there's some great stuff going through that forum that we're all been talking about with email marketing. Uh, so, I, you know, what I want to do here is to share an insight of the week. Now, this week's insight is what if you could improve your customers' results with your product just by charging more? Another point here, post-purchase follow-up, this is critical if you're making sales. Now, so we're talking about here, this was in a thread, we're talking about the product and some of the best ways to basically make more money with your product. And this idea here is what if you could improve the results? I like, I love this, this first sentence here. What if you could improve your customer's results with your product just by charging more? Now, here's an example. I just signed up for a coaching program for paid traffic with uh, Justin Brooke. Now, this is, uh, you know, paid traffic's a new area for me. It's what I'm getting into right now. I've got a sales funnel set up. And, uh, you know, after, the, I've done, after I've done this right now, I'm going to be going and setting up a new campaign on Facebook to test something else. Okay. Now, Justin's coaching, it's, it's quite expensive. Now, what that does is because I've paid him this cash, there's, I'm incentivized to actually take action. If he'd just made it free or if it was really cheap or if it was like a $50 ebook, I'd be like, there's no way. Like, I'd be lazy. I'd procrastinate because it's only 50 bucks. But when you're spending a couple thousand dollars on something like this, it lights a fire under your ass to actually get something done. 
So that's what I'm trying to do here is by spending by spending more money, I'm going to get better results with the product. And I'm already seeing it happen right now. So think about that in your situation. What could you do with your product? How could you just charge more? Right, and get and help your customer get better results. Right, you're going to make more money, but forget about that for a second. Your customer, because they're spending more money, they're going to be more likely to do something with it. They're going to get better results, and they're therefore going to talk more to other people, tell more people about your product. Now, this isn't a panacea. It's not a magic bullet, but it's something worth thinking about. Okay. Now, reviews. One thing I like to uh, like to talk about on the show is is reviews. I love reviews and it really helps spread the word about the show. I've had some great success stories from this podcast. Uh, Terry Dunlap uh, was an episode we did a few weeks ago where Terry made $85,000 in just five months, more or less just applying what he's learned in this podcast. And, you know, He sent me an email. I said pretty much that entire success story is this podcast. There's some other things he did, but that was the bulk of it. So if Terry can do it and he's not an email marketer. He's not even a copywriter. He does, uh, he does some government work, uh, contracting work. And here he is kicking ass at email marketing. I just think it's so good. I want to hear more of these success stories. So if you want to leave a review and help spread the word so we can get more of these, uh, go to iTunes, search for the McMethod email marketing podcast and leave me a review. You'll also put a huge, big, cheesy grin on my face and you make my day. Uh, I got one listener question today. What would you do differently now that you wish you would have known when you started? That's very simple for me to answer right now and that is paid traffic. I've, uh, tan- uh, you know, tinkered with paid traffic over the last kind of two or three years, but I never committed to it. I never really got the mindset correctly, which is that most tests will fail and you just basically have to test your way to profitability. Um, and uh, now I wonder what would have happened if I'd been spending 10 20 $30 a day for the last year or for the last two years. I would be quite a lot further ahead than I am now. Okay, so if I was to redo something or if I was to go back two years ago with what I know now, I would just get started with paid traffic and spend five bucks a day. Even if I, if, like, I'd spend, if, even if I could only spend five bucks a day, I would still do it, right? Okay, so that's it for now. Let's get into this interview and talk to Rob Hanley about the three reasons your marketing strategy is going to fail. It's John McIntyre here, the Autoris Funding Guy, and I'm here in a very, very soundproof room, not the usual spot. I'm here with a special friend who was, uh, he was on here uh, about 30 episodes ago. He's a bit of a, I was going to say preacher before, but uh, he doesn't really go by that title. He goes by the title The Reverend. He's a bit of a preacher, but The Reverend's really his thing, and today he's coming to give us a bit of a sermon about <laughs> consulting and uh, some of the reasons that, uh, well, not just consultants, but uh, some of the reasons that your marketing strategy will fail. So this is going to be for consultants, for business owners, and uh, anyone who's trying to use marketing in their business, which is uh, everyone. Hopefully. 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 Well, that's the way it should be, right? Yeah, everyone should be. So uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to him, and he'll, I think he's uh, here to uh, talk about who he is this time, maybe. Maybe, maybe crack the nut and uh, give you all a look at who the Reverend actually is, and then we'll get into some of his marketing stuff. So over to you, Reverend. So for those of you who don't recognize my lovely Australian dulcet tones, uh, my name is Rob Hanley and I've been a special consultant for a couple of years and I've worked with businesses in a variety of industries. I've worked with industry bodies, I've worked with health and fitness companies, financial services and a few others. And it's been really good experience, a really good experience Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's allowed me to kind of see the commonalities of where people fail. And, you know, everyone likes to think their business is special and unique, but the reality is when it comes to failure particularly, there's a lot of commonalities, a lot of things in common. Mm -hmm. So that's the basic intro, I guess, you know. (laughs) Do I need to flesh that out? Do I need to explain some of the stuff I've done? Uh, You know, John and I have worked together when he's uh, done his launches. He opens his products. We sit on Facebook chat. Facebook chat, Facebook chat. down at Restredo in Chiang Mai, yeah, drinking that coffee. Sipping that coffee, telling John to do things. John does things. Things get, <laughs> out, 
basically the way it works. Oh, we'll talk about that. We're going to do another episode, right? We talk about the different strategies where you, you know, you're the scalpel, I'm the hammer. But we'll talk about that later. That's it. But uh, today, let's talk about these three reasons that are, you know, your marketing strategy, not you, but you know, the, the listener here, uh, why the listener's marketing strategy will fail. Because uh, a lot of marketing does fail. A lot of marketing is terrible. Even when people go out and get good at copywriting and, and uh, sales letters and all that stuff, they, they still fail to actually get clients or get customers. Get things happening. Get things happening. Just make money in general. So, I mean, what's number one? Look, the first thing that I find to be the most common reason that a marketing strategy, a marketing campaign will fail mm. is that you actually don't know what's important. Mm. Like, now, this sounds like, so, like no shit, but... It's the objective approach. So let's say that you've got a business in the health and fitness space. Okay. And this is a, a bit of a story about someone who I've recently been working with. I'm not going to tell them, tell you who they are, but ooh. Ooh, well, it's for their privacy. Most of my clients are discreet. I like to keep it that way. But we were having a chat and I said to him, you know, what's the single most important thing that you can do to drive your business forward? You know, if you could just do one single task every day, day in, day out, what would you be doing to make more money? Okay. And his comment was, I'd be speaking to people on the phone because I know that everyone I get on the phone, you know, I'm can get the majority of them to become a customer. Right. So then I asked him, all right, so what are you doing to get people on the phone? Nothing. Nothing in particular, just hoping that they'll email and ask, hoping that they'll click a button and contact him. But the fact is, we as humans are really lazy. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to conserve energy. So if you don't tell me to do something, I'm not going to do it of my own volition. Yep. And we had a chat and we basically spoke and I said to him, right, here's here's the steps you got to take. Your goal from now on is everything you do is about driving people to end up on the phone to you or phone with you or getting one step closer to being on the phone with you. And again, like... It sounds so obvious, hmm. but when was the last time most people sat down and thought, what is the long-term objective here? You know, what is the key task I need to do every day in my business to make money yep. so I can keep running the business? Yep. And how do I get people to take that action? It's the simplest thing that you can solve. Okay, I like it. I like it. This reminds me of Perry Marshall's on the podcast about a month ago, and uh, I got him on to talk about this 80-20 sales marketing book, which you've read, which I've read, Yep. and uh, that really blew my mind because that's sort of like a you know an end to this sort of topic of what's important. Is if you sit down in your business and your marketing and whatever you're trying to do, there are a few key actions that are driving all the growth, all the progress. And uh, you know when you show up to work each day and you open up your laptop, you you know you fire up the computer and uh, and you just do whatever's on that list without actually taking you know pausing to to figure out what's actually contributing to the goal. If you don't do that, then you end up kind of moving around in a bunch of busy work. I'll yep. give an example. So I've got a, you know, I've been using Evernote to manage my to-do list and I've got a project in there called, say, the McMethod you know, 2.0 or something like that, the, the version 2 to-do list. And it's just got a long list of stuff. Change this on the website, change this, do this, do that. And it's all good stuff and it will all create a result. However, based on the goals I have for the business, there are only, I realized that this reading this Perry Marshall book, there's only like a couple of things that are actually important. And uh, we've been talking about this recently that that what's important right now for me anyway is uh, building out a sales funnel and then firing up that sales funnel on paid traffic. Uh, so th- obviously that's what I'm doing. I'm just ignoring all that, that, that whole to-do yep. list, which is, I don't know how many pages long. I'm just not even looking at it and just doing this paid traffic stuff because I know that that's going to drive things forward. So I, I love this, is, this idea here is that people might be failing right now. They're not getting the results they want, but chances are usually the solution is just one small thing. Like with uh, our health and fitness buddy, that he doesn't need to uh, do a whole bunch of stuff. He doesn't need to work harder or do more or spend more. You know, he just needs to identify what's the thing that needs to happen and then yep. do it. Now, for most people, a quick hack for most people is obviously it's sales. You can drop most of your attention everywhere else. And if you just focused on sales, get the money coming in the door, both from existing clients and from new clients, that's going to probably be the most important thing you can focus on because then you can have revenue to hire other people. Then you can maximize the growth that you've already got the opportunity to take, right? Yeah. To have. So three things to think about for your most important task. If you don't know what that is, is it client acquisition, client maximization or client retention? 
Let's talk about that first. What's what's client maximization? It's That's getting, a big word. It, it is a big word. And I don't like big words. I mean, I'm not I'm not really like a smart. I'm a short word kind of guy. Short know? word, five cent guy. Yeah, I'm guy. not a smart guy either. Yeah. No, you're smart. <laughs> like, so basically, client maximization is how can you maximize the lifetime value of a custom customer? Customer. How can you maximize the lifetime value of a customer? How can you have them spend more money with you? And the answer to that is always obviously provide more value and more opportunities for them to purchase. So instead of flogging a thirty-seven dollar ebook and nothing else, mm. setting up a back end, setting up other products to help them with other problems. If uh, you know, like a recent guest you had on the show who's working in the security space. So he's got a front-end product. He's done very well with it. But what other back-end tools could he add? Mm. Could he help them by giving new network setups? Could he help them with other issues with security? There's a whole range of similar problems that he could help them solve. Yeah. Because he's obviously very good at solving that first problem. Mm. He's got his lead product. It sells really well. Yeah. What comes next? Yeah. And that's about maximizing how much a customer spends with you over, say, a 12-month period without getting technical. Right. And this, the cool thing here to, to pay attention to is I think some people hear this and they're like, well, I just don't want to be selling all the time. Like it's, it's kind of sleazy and I'm just trying to get as much money as I can out of them. But the only way to really do this properly is to just help people solve more of their problems. So really, yep. you make more money, <clears throat> but you're actually adding more value to the marketplace. So you got to think about it that you're actually doing people a favor because they can just get all their stuff off you now. Like you're just saving them time, energy, and effort. Yeah. And they're giving you money in exchange for it. I mean, the easiest way to think about this is if you own a car, car mechanic. So yeah, he does your basic service, mm. but he'll also help you with your tires if you've got any issues with the engine. He'll also help you make it run smoother. Mm. He'll also change your oil. He'll do all the bits and pieces that need to come along for your car to run smoothly. Yep. And if you're in a business of security, just to go back to that example, what other problems exist with people and their home technology security? Is it their phones? Is it that they need VPNs? Is it they need apps that lock all their data down, that encrypt their data? They need guides on how to use TrueCrypt. What is it hmm. that's more useful for them to do? Fantastic. So that you had client acquisition, client maximization. What was the, what was the uh, last Client one? retention. Client retention? Yeah. That's just keeping people on for longer, right? Yeah, it's keeping people on. And a lot of people only think about retention as being an element of subscription services. So whether you're a gym or whether you've got a membership site, all that stuff. But retention is also making sure they purchase from you multiple times. Hmm. So if you have multiple products, that's where retention comes in. That's how you make sure that if you're saying in the business of health and fitness hmm. and they come to you and they buy a weight loss program, hmm. well, how do you get them to buy another weight loss program? How do you help them with the next step? Maybe their first goal was to lose that 10 kilos that they've been carrying around, that bit of a spare tire. But now maybe what they want to do is they want to get a bit of muscle definition. They want to cut a little more body fat and build a bit of muscle. All right, cool. So let's offer that to them next. Now they've had two purchases in the space of 12 months, double the lifetime value. Yep. What can you do other than acquiring them and maximizing the value on the initial sale? How can you retain them which also comes back to maximization. It's a beautiful chicken egg, but you can't lose with it. I like it. It's all tied in. Yeah, but you can't lose. That's the best part. That's the best bit. Cool, man. All right, I reckon we've done that. Number one reason why marketing strategies refer is you don't know what's important. You don't know what's important, and that's your hack. Acquisition, maximization, retention. Sweet. Number two. Talking about yourself. So the other day, I was just hanging out at my place, and I was thinking about how awesome I am. <sighs> this, ladies and gentlemen, is what you don't want to do. I'm sure that you have all received a message from somebody who says, I this, I that, I this, I that. And all you want to say, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't care. This is like an email. Because we used to talk about email marketing. It's like, hey, I'm really glad you joined my email list. I really hope you have a great time. I've got some cool stuff to share with you. I think I'm, you know, we've got the best business in the market and the best products and services that are going to help you and blah, 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 blah. That's all that comes off the back of that. So a really good way to essentially figure out whether you're talking about yourself too much is count the number of eyes and the number of views. Hmm. That's it. Now, I will make a little addendum here. If you're doing call to actions, that should always be mine, me, etc. Hmm. But just in general copy, talk about you. Talk about the other person. Because when you're trying to influence somebody, you are the least important person in the conversation. You're borderline irrelevant. They only care about solving their problems. Hmm. 
And also, I think this. So this isn't just copy because I've talked about it with email copy and McMaster's. Yep. But but this is with you get on the phone with a client. When I get on the phone with a client now, I uh, and I, I don't know how I kind of ended up here. I just it's just how I tend to do things now. It's uh, it's I don't go in there talking about me, talking about who I am, what I do. And I, usually, they they already know about me from the podcast. They're indoctrinated. Right. But so what I do is all I'm trying to find out is who are they? What's their business? What are the problems that they have? And then once I have a proper understanding of who they are and what they do, the only time I start talking about myself is in the context of how we can how we can help them. And that's it. I leave it at that. That's really important though. You've just said how we can help them, how we can work together. It's never about, hey, here's what I will do for you because I'm a mate. No, no. It's like together these are our objectives and you and I will work together for this. Mm-hmm. We, you, like I is the least important letter. But people... I think people understand that, but what people think is that when they go, when they write an email, when they get on a client call, when they get do any of these things, if they talk about themselves, they're going to impress the other person. So part of this is a little bit about social dynamics, yes. like understanding that how rapport is built, how uh, connections happen. And if you go in there and you talk about yourself, that's not actually that. That's the the kind of that's the very immature way to try and build rapport and try and build a connection. Yes. It's when you do that, you're seeking validation. Hmm. All you need to understand is a rich man doesn't have to tell you he's rich. That's it. Right. So whenever it comes to you're on the phone with someone and you're saying, hey, yeah, so you know I wrote this awesome, awesome, awesome autoresponder and it did hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue and I spent 18 hours working on it and it was fabulous because I am amazing. They're going to sit there and go, I don't really don't care. Yep. It's irrelevant. That's stuff they should either A, already know about you Yep. And it's not bad to say, hey, I've done some really cool stuff. But after that, that's it. You don't need to prove yourself. But you could say that exact same story. I get this. Yep. So you're chatting with them and they tell you all about their business and what they need. And you go, oh, that's just like this other client I had two weeks ago. We did an order responder for them. We kind of set them up with this. And they ended up being quite happy with it. But the results we got were really, really cool. And then you can talk about the results. But then it's the exact same story. But the context is I'm only telling you because it's relevant to your specific situation. Nailed it. 100%. Too many people spend time thinking, hey, if I say what an amazing person I am, mm. it'll win them over. Mm. As you just said, you only give them those facts when it helps cement the trust, cement the authority, back up a point. Yeah. It's the equivalent of, look, if you're a guy, you've gone out before, you head to a bar, you're trying to tell a girl that she should go home with you. In a nutshell, like, you know, that's your marketing objective, bring it home. But let's be really, really blunt. If you go up and say, hey, so I'm a banker and I um, earn $250,000 a year and I drive a Ferrari and I've got this really nice suit that cost me $10,000 from Tom Ford, blah, 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 blah. She's going to look at you and ignore you and come to someone like John because he's going to talk about her and he's going to tell her about her world. And that's a really good takeaway is if you can demonstrate authority over somebody else's world, if you can show them that it's all about them, your light is ahead of the pack. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that we talk about, we're going deep here. We're going yeah. concept, concept, concept. But the other one is uh, qualifying. Who's qualifying to who? So like if I go into a phone call and I'm talking to this client, I'm like, well, I've done this and I've done that. I'm qualifying myself. I'm trying to make myself good enough for them. Yes. Whereas if I just don't do any of that, if all I do is just eliminate that qualification to them, they'll start doing it to me because someone ends up doing it. So they'll start telling me about why, why they're a good fit, why they're a good business, why they're worthy to work with me. And even if it's not the case, even if they're a much bigger client than I've ever worked with before, I still want to create that frame, that, that, that approach, Ooh, that Oh, you're using the words I love, aren't you? Frame. That's all those words. I love man. that word. All those words. It's very important. And people, someone always has to qualify to the other person. Easiest way to have someone qualify is shut up. Say less. Accept that you are the prize. You're the person who wins. That's right. That's right. We can't play the silent game on the podcast. No, but that is a good trick to learn. (laughs) The silent close, man. That's that's a whole other topic. All right. Number three. This is something different. Something that John and I are very different about. I've even taken my sunglasses off just to make this point. 
You're not being strategic. You are running around like a headless chicken. Are you talking about me? Or? I'm talking about anyone whose marketing will fail. Okay. If they're running around like a headless chicken, if they're throwing spaghetti at the wall, well, you're probably A, wasting a lot of effort, B, getting subpar results, and C, you're not taking a second to step back and do the calculations to make sure what you're doing is worthwhile. The equivalent would be if you go and grab a handful of spaghetti that's never been cooked, right? Just to go off the same old metaphor, and throw a handful of uncooked spaghetti at the wall, is it going to stick? No. Whereas if you take spaghetti that's been cooked for five minutes, is it more likely to stick? A little more. 10 minutes? A lot more. 20 minutes? Definitely. Mm-hmm. So the concept of being strategic is about going, right, like, what's my goal? What's my overall objective? Yeah. You know, what are the resources that I've got? And how am I going to make this work? How am I going to bring this all together to achieve my objective, my outcome? Yeah. In a strategic way, minimizing waste and being as effective and impactful as possible. And efficiency is also important. That is my approach. Is If you're not being strategic, if you're not thinking, all right, so I want someone to buy something from me, mm. well, instead of just sending out a sales email, I should send them some good content first, some goodwill, right. some stuff they can use. Send them three, four emails, get them indoctrinated, understand the concept of reciprocity. Yeah. Once they start getting invested in me, and they say, hey, by the way, that's, uh, that's really cool that you want to uh, you know, save for retirement. Here's something that I put together for you. It's a really straightforward guide to using your 401k, if you're an American, yeah. to... Uh, Invest for your retirement. Okay. I've provided you this other information. They know that you've provided them this other information. Never tell them how great you are. We've already discussed that. But then they will be more likely to purchase from you because they've seen right. the quality of your work. They've gotten results already. They feel better off. Yep. And there's no selling issue. It's just like, hey, if you're interested, you found this valuable. I've also got this really cool book. Mm-hmm-hmm. Check it out. Hmm. This reminds you of like, you wake up in the morning, you open your laptop, you got a to-do list, you got stuff to do, or you, you know, you go to your business, you got a meeting. There's all these different demands on people to go and do different stuff in their life. And uh, it's, it's very hard. And this is, this is very uh, relevant or very timely right now. I'm going through a Tony Robbins program. You told me about Tommy of Life. That's it. And he talks about, he's got a little system that he calls, I mean, they always do, right? There's always a little acronym system thing. But anyway, part of his thing, his system in this course is uh, know your outcome. So you can wake up in the morning and you can open that laptop and you can just start firing away. You know, that's, that your strategy might be to just... Uh, Execute, Move, execute, get lots of shit done. Move fast and move fast and break shit. But that's I think that's a great strategy. But you got to do it right. It's you a dangerous know, strategy. You know what you're wrong. trying to break. Exactly, exactly. But so, so you might just get up and just do a whole bunch of stuff. And I, I've done that for a long time. But what you need to do is like people have a rough idea of their outcomes. Like I want to make more money. But what would be more uh, more powerful is to really think. All right, so I want to make more money. So what's if I want to make more money? So we start, make more money is a 40,000 foot perspective. So what's 35,000? It's like, I want to make more money with uh, with the website. Yep. It's like, well, then you keep coming down. You keep, you work your way backwards from that outcome. What needs to be done? Exactly. Yeah. And so you end up going, well, I don't actually need to do this fucking logo. I don't actually need to do this uh, this website. Uh, I just need to make some phone calls. Like our, our buddy, this health guy, right? He doesn't need to go on, you know, Twitter with his website or hire VAs or write copy or any of that stuff. He needs to do two things. Put a button saying apply for more information or coaching hmm. and start following up. Hmm. Just sending an email out to customers who have already purchased from him yeah. and saying, hey guys, I'm offering some coaching. Done. That's it. That's the kind of stuff like I'm a big proponent of the yellow legal pad. Phone, <laughs> yellow legal pad, that's all you need. I can see that. We've got one, what is that, one right next to us? The, right next to us. Yellow legal pad and black pen. You had to have that shipped out from the US, I heard. Uh, actually, to big, Dr. Rob, right? To Dr. Rob. Dr. Rob received a package from Andy Fawcett from uh, goldmetalbodies.com. I love that guy. He took good care of me, man. I yep. made a comment on Twitter that the easiest way to get my attention is with yellow legal pads, and Andy pulled through. I opened the door on Monday to a frantic Thai lady knocking on my door, and she had for me a specially shipped package from Hawaii. 
of yellow legal pads. Of yellow legal that's pads. That's an urgent. That's the sort of thing you want to get knocked on the door for. I don't want to wait. I hope it wasn't like 6 a.m. in the morning when you're still sleeping. It was. That's good. That's good. But we're that's a bit good. off topic. We've Just a little bit. It's always a bit of fun like that. But anyway, so let's go back to being strategic. That's it. That's correct. You've got to be strategic. You've got to be strategic. You've got to know your outcome. You've got to work backwards. You've so got to this ties into this. You've got to know what's important. So you know what's important. They're talking about yourself. That's that's uh, That kind of comes That's friction. That's friction. That's going to get in the way. Right. And then you be strategic. That's like once you identify, well, you've got to identify what's important and you've got to do it. Right? Yep. So they're, they're, uh, point one and point three, or mistake one and mistake three, are very, very interrelated here. And the best way to do this is to think, I reckon everyone should go out and read, uh, go and listen to a uh, podcast with Perry Marshall on the 80-20 principle, because that was what really kind of made it click for me. Uh, and then go buy his book, uh, 80-20 Sales and Marketing. I've been telling everyone to buy this, but this is what will get you looking at your business, whether you're a consultant, whether you're selling products, to thinking, to really think that there, there's a small amount of actions, a small amount of things that you can do or focus on that are going to get you most of the results. But the crazy thing, is imagine like a health buddy, right? Let's give an example. So let's say before, before he met you, he was doing maybe one phone call a week because he's like, well, that's important, but I've got plenty of other stuff to do. I've got the website to manage and all that. And then sits down with you and you guys talk about well, what's really important right now. He's like phone calls. So he can straight away, one thing you can do is eliminate basically most of the stuff he's doing. You just make that one phone call a week and you just keep kicking along and making the same income. However... Now that he has all this extra time, he can reinvest that time or reallocate that time into making phone calls. So not only is he, has he eliminated most of his to-do list, he's now moved, he can move half of that, that extra time into this phone call task. That's it. Then he's going to grow his business rapidly. He's going to have more free time as well. So he's just going to be having the time of his life. And this is what happens when you figure out what's important because you can reallocate the time you gather from elsewhere into what's important. You get a higher return on investment. That's it. It's so exciting, man. The one thing to really keep in mind with this as well as specifics you need to be specific. So you mentioned earlier, someone might be like, oh, I want to make more money. Well, make more money is not specific. You know, a dollar is more money than you're currently making. Hmm. That's very simple. Just go ask someone for a dollar. Bang, you've achieved a you know, specific goal. But if your specific goal is, I want to earn $10,000 more, I want this campaign to do $180 million, whatever it is. Hmm. Like, you know, one of the highest grossing campaigns online was uh, Port of Stansbury's End of America. And that was very hefty. That was uh, above the mid-nine figures, yep. right? I'm not at liberty to say what it was because I don't know what it was exactly. But I do know that it was well and above that mark from all things that I've been told, all reports. But they didn't start by going, oh, you know, we're going to make some money off this. They probably sat down in a war room, you know, whiteboard, desk, a bunch of them sat around and was like, what are we going to achieve with this? Hmm. And then they worked backwards. So if you want to be strategic, you've got to start with a very specific outcome. Yep. You've got to start by saying, I want to sell X copies. I want to sell X dollars of revenue. I'll do X dollars of revenue. Then you work backwards. Yep. And you never talk about yourself. Yeah. That's it. All right, we got time for this one more bonus tip that we got written down right here in front of us. If anyone's listening, we do have a cheat sheet. That's how we're making this flow so nicely from one point to the next. No tangents at all. So anyway, let's get on to this point. Persuasion versus influence. We'll make this a bonus tip. We'll keep it quick because you just mentioned being specific. That's what reminded me about it. And this is where like you think, what's your outcome? Are you trying to persuade someone to do something? It means you're starting off on the back foot. Yeah. If you're thinking, I, when I was younger, I really wanted to be the most persuasive person on the planet, get people to do anything I wanted them to do. Yeah. And as I got older, I realized that it was a much more effective strategy to find people who already wanted to do it and just give them a nudge. Hmm. That was it. Now, sometimes, you know, I'll deploy tricks and tactics and all sorts of stuff that help They're them. They're useful, you know, time yeah. to time. And they need the nudge, and it's about how you help them. But the real simple you know, version of this is, if you find a guy who likes to cross-dress, it will be very easy to sell him women's underwear. Hmm. If you find a guy who hates cross-dressing and you try to persuade him to put on women's underwear, man, you might be able to get there. But you are wasting a lot of time and effort. Hmm. So this is the difference. Persuasion automatically assumes that you are starting off on the back foot. You have to cajole someone and play all these tricksy games. Hmm. But if you're an influencer, if you say less than is necessary, if you know the person and it's all about them, yep. 
and you know where their interests are, first of all, you'll only pick targets who can be influenced. Yeah. And second of all, it'll be a lot easier to influence them mm. to do the certain specific outcome you want them to. Okay. So let's say for consultants, if you say this is like in my case, this would be like if I'm trying to sell someone an autoresponder, I could talk to just a business owner who maybe has a website but has never heard of an autoresponder before. So I would have to get on that phone call and before I can even sell him anything, I'd have to convince him to believe in the benefits of the autoresponders and I would lose most business owners on that point. Or I could create a podcast on email marketing and then I'd end up only jumping on the phone with people who already knew about email marketing and email autoresponders and then my only goal when I get on that phone call is just to find out what he wants and see if I can give it to him. That's it. That's influence right there. It's essentially understanding that 95% of people are not your customer. Are not here. And that's okay. That's, that's what, great. People think that's a bad thing, but that's the best thing because when you figure it out, this is what Facebook, we're doing some Facebook ads right now. So it's kind of like, you're not looking for everyone. You're not looking for every person in the United States over the ages of 18, which is what, like 200 million people. You're looking for only the people that care. That's it. So think of it this way, right? Most people you're complaining, oh, I don't have enough customers. All right. If you were to take your target demographic, right? Let's make this really actionable. If you're bitching about not having enough customers and your target demographic is 5,000 people and you haven't sold to 5,000 people, you have nothing to complain about because there are still people in your target demographic who have not purchased from you. Only after you've maximized your client acquisition, your client maximization, your client retention, should you even consider making everybody your customer. Stick with the basics. Stick with people who care. Share with them things that they're interested in and then make the sale. Unless you're selling soap. I mean, if you're selling soap, you'd sell to everyone. Incorrect. Well, I mean, like just ordinary bath soap. Who wants ordinary bath soap? Ordinary boring people, right? But that's why you've got Dove. That's why you've got uh, Lush. You've got bath bombs. I like Dove. I I don't. They have too much sunscreen here in Thailand. I'm pale enough as it is. All right, all right, all right. We'll wrap it up here. We've got a call to action right here, and that is... Contact me. If you're a business owner, if you're interested in finding out how you can do the things that we've discussed in this call, contact me, robhandler.com. So robhandler.com, there's a list there they can sign up to, and there's a form and all that wonderful stuff. Yeah, you can reach out to me. Uh, By the way, it's H-A-N-L-Y. There we go, robhandler.com. I'll have those links in the show notes at themacmethod.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Rob. We'll see you again in the Hey everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.